You're listening to New World Order. My name's Klaatu, and I'm on the road. Now, in anticipation of having, of, of knowing that I was going to be traveling for a couple weeks, I did a bunch of episodes in advance. Unfortunately, I left those episodes on my computer at home. The little recording studio that I've got set up for myself, such as it is, totally left it on that computer. And to make matters worse, since I am undergoing a house move very soon, I kind of started packing up the computer. So it's not really in a good state of even having someone turn it on remotely so that I can log in and publish the episodes. So essentially what you're getting now is me on the road doing a frantic update as I am currently stuck in Richmond, Virginia. I am stuck here because the uh, Greyhound company, the bus company that that sort of is the, I guess the, the biggest nationwide uh, bus company in America, they, they forgot to schedule a driver apparently for the bus that is supposed to take me from Richmond, well, me and 49 other people, from Richmond, Virginia, down to Raleigh, North Carolina, at 2.40 a.m. in the morning. Quite an experience. So I'm, I'm just rattling off this episode while I wait. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say because I'm not really sure how much battery I have left on this device or how much longer I'm going to be waiting around for a bus. So what I will say, though, is that there's been this thing that I've been thinking about lately, and it is the word open. And as we all know, I think, I hope by now, words are really, really tricky things because there's the thing that they've been declared to mean, there's the thing that they imply, and then there's the evolution of all of that and is sort of the combination of how people actually use the word and what they actually mean when they say it and so on. And it's a, a non-stop sort of battle for understanding a lot of people see it as a non-stop battle for ownership of a word, and I have come to realize that that's not really a realistic goal. So, for instance, the idea that we can define free software and insist that the word free does not refer to zero dollars, in, in American English at least, it's very, very difficult to convince people of that, because to a lot of people that word free simply means zero dollars, which has a certain level of irony, given that America tends to be, uh, to, to sort of hold the word freedom very, very probably sanctimoniously precious, that the word free then would only refer to zero dollars has a certain level of, of irony to it, I think. But Nevertheless, that's what we see when we say free software. We, we know that many people hear software that you can download and not have to pay for, and it's okay. And for a while I was thinking, well, you know, that term open source is actually a pretty good replacement for it. And while there are, there are assertions that there are problems with the term open source, that the, the term open source doesn't imply the liberated aspect of, of the code involved, I felt like open source at least hit nearer to the mark sometimes in certain crowds than the, the term free software. And I kind of 
tended to take it on a case-by-case basis and try to mix mix them in together sometimes and so on. But, but yeah, I felt like open source was, was a pretty good approximation. But, but lately I've noticed that even the term open is, is becoming a little bit, a little bit confused in, in terms of what it means. And in, in a way, this isn't even accidental. Like in, in some ways, I think that a lot of organizations that push open source are also pushing this understanding of the word open to mean a lot more than what I think it really means when paired with the second word, source. And open source does have a definition. Like if you go to the open source initiative, opensource.org, you can find a definition of what open source is. And it was defined early on. Like it was a very, it's a constructed term. A lot of people don't really realize that, I don't think, or they don't think about it, that people literally sat down and thought of it in a kind of we-need-a-brand kind of way. Like, it was not accidental. It was not a, a thing that was, I guess, coined offhandedly or whatever. I mean, it was something that was very much constructed, and and people talked about it and debated it and continue to debate it as to what it implies and what it means and what it must be to be open source, like to have that, that brand stamp of, yes, I am open source. What do you need for that? And they have a very specific set of requirements. It's a definition of open source. And even so, even with that definition existing, there are people out there who use the word open a lot differently than how it is intended in the software world. And by intended, I mean it was first used as the as the brand open source. Like that, no one ever called software open before open source. You called it maybe shareware or freeware or free software, but you did not, or proprietary or in-house. You never called it open. That was a completely new sort of spin on this idea of software that was developed with its source code openly distributed so that people could look at that code. Like it was very, very intentional. And it had that that specific meaning. But nowadays you see, I mean certainly I guess the the the, the classic, the worst case I guess, the whole open core thing, right? Where a company it's always a company comes in and says, okay, well, we're open core, and they drum off a lot of support because of that, because it's got that word, open, and everyone looks at that, and they, they think that's really exciting, and then they, they clarify, and they know it's open core, meaning you can, all of our source code is available, mind you, they, they generally phrase it like that too, all of our source code is available, except that one piece, you know, the piece that makes it work, and that's usually how it's phrased. So they're trying to emphasize the fact that they are they are open source except sort of the part that brings it all together and makes it functional. And they say that as a benefit. Like like this is not just this isn't an apology. This is this is something that they have thought about and they admire about themselves that they have made all of the components open source except the part that makes it a th- that, that makes it a system, a complete system. 
and and by omitting the part that brings together the system into into cohesion they have they have found the one hack that makes open source profitable which is to not be open source apparently and to be proprietary at your core do they call it proprietary core no of course not they call it open core why would they ever do that i don't know i mean it is it is such an obvious kind of manipulation of wordplay luckily I, i'm not seeing it so much anymore and i'm hoping that it's kind of died off on the other hand what is happening is that companies are still positioning themselves as sort of allies of open source or open source friendly or companies that love open source or companies that make code with love for open source developers you know there there are, you, the the phrase the phraseology here is so complex and so deliberate i mean it really is it is truly deliberate and it's funny that it is so deliberate because i i usually think that that people who analyze the just the speech or the 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 linguistics of 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 things I, I tend to kind of get that feeling that they're over analyzing it maybe inserting a lot more deviousness into it than maybe intended and so on but in this case i don't think there's almost i don't think an argument that it is not devious i mean because that is that is it is very it is very deliberate right they they know that they are using the word open and possibly open source because they know that it is going to attract a a certain crowd and a certain a certain amount of attention and as i've said in the past couple of episodes that's a great problem i think to have to be in the open source world right now and to be such to be seen as such a default way of doing things that companies will rip your brand off in order to be aligned with you like if you'd said that that was going to be a problem for open source at any point in the past you know more than 2 or 3 years ago i i think people would have just said you're dreaming it's never going to happen open source is not going to get that big it can't get that big it's not unified enough to be that big it's too it's too all over the place and yet here we are a bunch of diverse developers and users and contributors from all walks of life and from all over the globe not even we don't even claim ownership of of the uh, of the open source brand as such and yet there it is people are are ripping off that brand in order to be aligned essentially with us with you and me not directly with you and me right but with the thing that we partake in which isn't really an industry and yet it drives a whole industry point is they know they've got targets and they know that a lot of those targets are all about open source and so if they use that word open or maybe that word open source or maybe the two words together and and if they do something to put a positive spin on that then that's all they'll need to do to attract those numbers. And I think there's a lot of a lot of danger there because it gets very confusing. It gets confusing for people who are experienced and it gets confusing for people who are inexperienced. 
I've come across several projects that use the word open so much, open API, open core, open this, open that, that with unless you are particularly, particularly closely analyzing it, you will assume that it is open source. Because why would anyone talk that much about open source and openness and all these other things if they weren't indeed open source? I mean, heck, the way that some places talk, you would you would swear that were you to walk into their, their office, you would not find a piece of closed source software as far as the eye can see. And yet that's just not the case in practice. You've got organizations talking a lot about open source or openness or open core or open or whatever, open code, open API, and yet they're not open source. They don't meet the qualifications of an open source project. And I think that using open in that way is a little bit dangerous, and it's something that we should all be vigilant against. You kind of have to be, because if you just gravitate towards the things with the right branding, the right shade of, of whatever color, you know, blue or orange or, or whatever, and you think that's got to be open. They say they're open, and they look they look about they, they look open. They seem open. I've got a lot of very excited community forums and posts where people seem to be very excited to work on this thing. And surprise, surprise, if you actually try to get to that open source code, turns out there's none. There is no open source code. Everything else is open, but not the part that you really need. So how, how do you fight against that? How, are, how can you be vigilant against that? Well, one way, I think the, the, the first way, the primary way, is to go to the source. I hope I said that before in a show. I'm going to probably continue to try. I'm going to try to say it more often, I think, because it really, really is important. And it's one of those things that, on one hand, I think it can be a little bit of a dangerous phrase because it assumes that people can go to the source and make sense of it. And that's not always true. I mean, sometimes just intoning, go look at the source code to someone is, is, is basically like telling them to, it's even worse than telling them to re read the manual, really, you know, because it's just, it's, yes, they can look at the, the things that are written, but if they don't understand it, if they don't comprehend it, then it's, then it's useless. But for those who, who feel like they might be able to make heads or tails of some of some source code, or if or if someone is simply looking to confirm that the source code is available, then the only answer is to go to the source. Go get that source code. If a if a organization or a project or whatever is saying that they are made with love for open source developers, or if they're if they're expressing how much of a fan of open source they are or if they're, they're touting that they have an open API or an open this or an open that, find the open source code and look at it and confirm that it is available. And as I have come to learn, grab a copy of it. If you don't have a copy of the source code for the stuff that you are running, you have only about half, maybe a third of that application. And I say that with 
uh, a newfound urgency and and emphaticism based on some recent experiences with some quote-unquote open projects. You need to have a copy of the thing that you believe you are openly participating in, because if you don't, then the openness is really only temporary. It's open for now, but if it goes away, then you've lost everything. You don't really want that. And ideally, I think that's one one of the things that the Federation, the Mastodon, and the and and all those similar projects are trying to combat. But it goes just as well for source code. I mean, you you can have all the open source you want on a site like GitHub, which is actually a great example of a non-open source company. And if they decide to 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 get rid of those projects or to to make those projects private for for some argument that you'd have to sign up with them with with more data about yourself or something, who knows? Then that source code is essentially as good as gone to you. It's it's no longer open. It doesn't exist. So go to the source is my point. Find the open source code that a project is either implying is available or is touting as available. Call every project's bluff. You have to find that source code. You have to get a copy of it. You have to ideally look at it and or compile it or whatever needs to be done with it to make sure that it's actually functional. You want to look at that stuff to find out if the company is actually open source. You also want to get kind of a feel for what they mean when they say open source or or that they're friendly to open source. Because there there's there are things that are open source and then there's stuff that's open source. So I think one would be in spirit and one would be by letter. I mean, open source stuff that let's say Apple does. Some of it is open source in spirit. Cups, I would argue is is pretty darned open source in spirit and in letter. They didn't invent cups. They imply that they developed cups. They certainly don't let you know that they don't make it clear on their site, at least last I looked, that it was developed completely independently of Apple for years and years and years. And then they purchased the product. And so now it is an Apple product. So I think probably in a couple of years, there will be users out there who just naturally assume that Cups is an Apple technology and always has been. But then there's other stuff that they do that, that's really kind of just open source, just sort of by letter, by letter of the law, it's open source. So here's this definition of open source. Yes, you can do all of those things that the open source definition demands. So we can say that it's open source, but we're not going to help you in any way get that stuff bootstrapped and working. We're not going to respond to bug reports. We're not going to fix things. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's fine. That's their prerogative. That is, that if it's still open source, then it is still open source. But whether or not you would hang out with such a company might, it might be affected by, by sort of the way that they treat their open source. Is that source code a first-class citizen? Or is it something that they make sure that they have available because this one thing from their lawyer when they called stuff open source says that they have to do that thing then yeah, maybe that's 
maybe that is technically open source, but I, I don't know if that's really a healthy form of open source necessarily, or as, not as healthy as it could be. And I think un, under, you know, you can find an exception or an edge case whereby that is that is an extreme, that, that's an extreme view. You know, just because you have a, a collection of source code shouldn't mean that you have to then present it on a silver platter to everyone who asks about it. But I think you have to take it in context, too. I mean, after all, Apple has billions of dollars in the bank, and they capitalize a lot off of their their apparent affinity for open source development, and they do very little to show for it. And I would, I would even, I would dare say that Microsoft has done as much in what's it been like four years that they went on their open, we love open source campaign. I think they have done more in four years than than Mac has done since probably the beginning of OS ten, which is when they really started capitalizing on the open source buzzwords. You can argue with me that on that. I would be, I'm very willing to hear arguments about that and a debate about that, as long as you provide examples, um, and, and, and examples with, with data to back it up, because I've got quite a lot of insight, um, shall we say, on the way that Apple ha operates from the inside. So, yeah, okay. you'll, you'll want to show me mailing list posts and things like that to really effectively argue um, what I'm saying. So, yeah, point being, you want to look at the companies that are offering this 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 openness and discover what they mean when they say openness because i'm i'm as much of a fan of community and com camaraderie and and working together teamwork and all that other stuff as the next person but if you're going to deliberately use that that branding open source to try to capture a little bit of that market you need to go the extra, I'm not even going to say it's an extra mile, just the extra couple of feet and actually deliver on what that word, what you know that word actually means to people. That's everything I've got. I think there's probably a bus driver coming from, uh, from across town now, so I should probably go. I'm going to leave you with some of the audio that I've recorded over the, over the course of the morning. I think it's, um, it presents some some flavor of what I've experienced. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you next time.
I mean, it is summer, you know, and so they might be promoting the bad There you go. So that way you have to give that. That maybe that's what they're thinking. Out here in Washington, I went to the bathroom. They were just guys looking at my phone right here, and I was scared. It's black guy.